What's up, guys? This is football running back Sam Slade, and you are listening to the State of Marauders podcast, sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state of New Jersey for high school sports. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the State of the Marauders podcast, where we will cover everything about your St. Peter's Prep Marauders. Today, we have a very awesome episode. We got two very special guests in Jason Bernstein and Jim Hank. And we're also going to be talking about everything that happened with this week's Marauders, including Mark Armstrong becoming the 12th man in prep history to get 1,000 points. So there is a lot to talk about today. But first, where can we find this podcast Still on Spotify, right? We still got the Spotify up. Still got Anchor up. Apple Podcasts is really being mean to us. So I'm tr- we're trying to get there for you guys, but hopefully in a week or so, maybe two weeks, we'll get into Apple Podcasts, but stay tuned on that. As always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Chris Amaral, J-Post. Guys, how's it going today? Going pretty well. A lot of prep sports to talk about this week and a lot of good content we're going to be bringing to you guys, especially uh, from our two special guests and uh, really excited to get into it. Yeah, I mean, same as for me as well. You know, we had a lot of stuff go down this last week and we got a big look to a week to look ahead to. So, you know, two really good, uh, a lot of really good options on the table for what to discuss. Right. Let, let, let's talk about some prep sports. Shall we? Let's, let's talk about that. So this week we have Two very special guests, like I mentioned. The first guest, a great, great friend of the podcast, great friend of mine as well, is Jason Bernstein. He works for NJ Advanced Media, does a lot of stuff for the Jersey Journal, which, as many of you know, it's Hudson County's premier newspaper. So let's take a listen to my interview this week with Jason Bernstein. I am with high school sports reporter for the NJ Advanced Media and the Jersey Journal, which covers all of your Hudson County news. Jason Bernstein. Jason, how's it going today? I'm doing good. How are you? I, I, I'm doing excellent. You know, we're recording this uh, uh, on a Thursday. We got the basketball season starting, which is, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, talk to us about yourself. So I've gotten to know you because of all the work that you have done in Hudson County, of course. But the folks listening out there who don't really know you that well what type of sports do you mainly cover so uh basically cover uh high school sports throughout the state but a major focus of it has been Hudson County Jersey City since when I graduated from college in 2007 my first job out of school was as an intern with the Jersey Journal before then I admittedly did not know too much about Hudson County at all but uh, 13 years later, I guess I've uh, I've seen a lot of stuff in this county, a lot of memorable games, moments, and athletes. So, out of all the games that you have covered in your career so far, which one of those do you think has been your favorite to cover? Uh, the one that has to come to mind as just the most memorable. Uh, this was in 2011. It was. St. Anthony and St. Patrick's, they played for the non-public North Beach title, which was pretty much an annual robbery. The difference was that, that year, St. Patrick's entered the game number one ranked in the country, St. Anthony number two. 
And just to show how, I mean, how big the anticipation was for that game, they sold out the rack at Rutgers uh, for the game, for a high school game, 8,000 plus. Wow. There were stories of people scalping tickets for eighty, ninety, hundred dollars. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. It's the type of thing that I'm just, it's almost impossible to believe, but that game was so hyped. You had a couple teacher NBAers in there: Kyle Anderson for St. Anthony, Michael P. Gilchrist for St. Pat's, and it lived up to the hype. It was a really close game for three quarters, and then St. Anthony, I guess. It's typical St. Anthony fashion, they pulled away, ended up winning by like uh, by double digits. They go on to win a nat- another national title, and yeah, I mean, the rest, I guess, is, you could say it's history. Uh, it was kind of a culmination of really one of the great rivalries in New Jersey history, because shortly after that, St. Patrick's coach, uh, Kevin Boyle, went down to Florida and Montford, and I guess things aren't quite the same now. Uh, it's since that time, St. Anthony's no longer here, unfortunately. Kevin's in uh, Florida, and yeah, definitely miss those days. And going back to my senior year in high school in 2010, we also got to see St. Anthony's play when when Prep played down in Camden. I played, I believe they played against Oak Hill Academy. I forgot who who uh, St. Pat's was playing, but I got to see Kyrie. And uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. So that that was a very interesting duo, and, and St. Pat's was always a, a great school to watch as well. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned, your senior year, 2010. If I had to do a second most memorable, it probably involves the 2010 team. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you were there for that one, for this one, but uh, when they played St. Anthony at Stan Finn, and for a while there, it looked like uh, Peters was going to pull off the upset, but St. Anthony, they hit a couple late threes, setting the game to over. In the end, the Friars prevailed. And I'm guessing if you talk to many of the local basketball people of all the games that the Dancing Classic has had these last uh, 10, 15 years, that might be the most memorable one of them all. Right, right. I, I didn't get to that game, unfortunately, but, but I heard like how great that game was. So the, the, the 2010 St. Peter's team was, was a really good one. And I'm not surprised that they they, they were up there with with, with uh, St. Ants during that during that game. That was always a, a good rivalry when I was in high school. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you just think back to some of those teams. I mean, Ronald Roberts, uh, Miles Davis, Kevin right. Walker, Keith Bumpkin. I mean, that team was loaded. And there have been a few, if any, teams in the HCIL that have been able to just match the athleticism and star power of that uh, St. Petersburg. And since since you've been covering a lot of high school sports in Hudson County, right, you talked about a couple of your prep basketball athletic events. So who has been your favorite prep athlete so far to cover in your years of experience? Man, that's a tough question. There's definitely a lot of memorable ones. One of the ones that comes to mind, and it's only because I, the reason he comes to mind is because I just remember him as a freshman and no one really knew as much who he was at the time. I remember a freshman year, Savon Huggins ripping off back-to-back 60-yard touchdowns in a state game against Bergen Catholic. And to see, to see him grow from that uh, to 
being a state player of the year guy, guy at uh, played at Rutgers and now coach at college. And the other one, just because I think it was his first career start as a freshman, a then unknown cornerback by the name of Mika Fitzpatrick, he, <laughs> he at first knew nothing about him, just knew that as a freshman starting at corner due to some injuries uh, Peters had at the time. And uh, I don't need to tell you how rare that is to see a freshman starting. Oh, yeah. And and it's just crazy to think that nine years later, he might be – he's one of the premier safeties in the entire NFL now. And just, just cool to think about the – I remember when, when they were 15 years old running around Cape and Point. Right. Right. And, and just – Minka's senior year was my first year back as a teacher at St. Peter's. So just seeing him grow into this type of player has been really tremendous. And now you, you've seen him since freshman year. So you, you, you've seen the, the, the ups and downs and everything in between Minka Fitzpatrick. So to see him now being a Pro Bowl safety is just tremendous for sure. Yeah, that and in terms of a high school quarterback, his teammate Brandon Wimbush, that was as impressive of a year as I think I've ever seen from a high school quarterback just the way he threw the ball in uh, the year that offense had they were basically as unstoppable as I have seen on the high school level right that 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 duo was unstoppable I mean I remember that ESPN game against Bergen Cavill they were just lighting up the the, the scoreboard I remember Brandon threw a 60-yard bomb in the year to Minka straight up I was like oh my goodness like, that's when you knew, like, those two were, were just having fun out there. Yeah, it, it was fu- – it's funny. I, f- I forget what I was doing, but I had a – I had an assignment, non-sports non, uh, related, so I got – so I didn't get home till like, 8, 30. And I get – so I had recorded the game. I wanted to watch it as a fan. I turn on the TV, and they're up already, like, 28 nothing on Bergen. And you know how good Bergen Catholic is on a regular basis. Oh yeah. Just expect to see them losing by four touchdowns to anyone, and you're just like looking at the screen in disbelief at just how much they are struggling against uh, out there. Right. I was I was at that game. I was like I was looking into the building, and, and I remember just watching that first. I was, I was like, "Geez, they are absolutely destroying Bergen Catholic." Like you said, Bergen Catholic, great team with. Um, Jared, Jared Gartanio as, as their quarterback. He was a solid quarterback as well. But, I mean, just Wimbush and Minka, which is ripping them apart. I'm pretty sure they had like 150 yards receiving, I think, in that first half. So that was, that was pretty tremendous. It, it, it was something ridiculous. And it it's just something you don't expect. You As good as Minka and Brandon and some of those other guys, Corey Cattle, Colton Huber, as talented as they are, you just don't expect them to make a team like Bergen Catholic look like a JV team, which they kind of did for that first half. Right, right. That that, that was just a, a tremendous game. So since the basketball season has started this week, right, we talked a little bit about past Marauders team. What are your thoughts about this year's fifth-ranked fifth Marauders? Well, uh, it, it is funny if we were that we were talking about that 2010 St. Petersburg team since, at least on paper, this is probably the most talented team uh, St. Peter's has had since that group uh, 11 years ago. Hudson County is always one with guard play and between Mark Armstrong and Ray Ford, that's as good of a one-two combination at guard as 
you'll find in North Jersey, forget just Hudson County. Uh, so you got those two. And the thing that also impresses me just so much about St. Peter's and the job Alex Mirabel has done as coaches, they always play defense. They're always in your face on that and physical defensively. And with guys like Ford and Elise Bass and, and the addition of the contract, that's going to continue. And Mirabel, like he, when he's talking with us, he was very putting a lot of emphasis on that defense. And I know, like he, he really wants his team to play defensively this year. And based upon the scrimmage that I saw, I mean, they were rebounding, they were getting off the glass, they were moving the ball up the floor. It's going to be very interesting to see who in Hudson County is able to beat this Marauders team. Well, I, I'm good reason Alice would emphasize the defense and the rebounding since. Uh, you need that stuff to win. And in Hudson County, even though these, some of these teams might not have the talent on paper, they're aggressive, a lot of good guards. They'll shoot, they'll shoot. And on any given night, if he gets high, they can't upset happen. Three teams that come to mind as probably the biggest threat, and these are in no particular order. Um, first, you gotta start with Hudson Catholic. They're always in the mix. One of the best rivalries in North Jersey right now. They might not, have, they don't have quite the star power uh, that they've had in previous years. There's no Javon Quinterly or Louis King or Luther Muhammad, but uh, Justin Glover, who is an uncommitted senior, he's one of the best shooters in the state, and they have another really talented senior guard in Keith Mency, uh another transfer from Maris closing, who is a hard-nosed physical defender, can run the point. He's going to be a huge boost for them. And I have not seen, I'll admit I have not seen him in person, but I have heard very good things. And Hudson Catholic coach Nick Rannell is very, very high on this freshman point guard by the name of Tahad Pettiford, who is considered one of the best freshmen in the state. And those guys, they have the potential to be difference makers. So that Hudson Catholic's one team. Another team is Union City. Uh, they also got a uh, big addition from Maris' closing, uh, that being Mike Jackson, guy who hit about 65, 73 pointers last year. Mm-hmm. So he's a lethal shooter. Uh, they also got a point guard, uh, Shahid Jenkins Floyd. He transferred from Snyder. He's only about 5'9", but he is as a physical defender. He plays bigger than his size. He's very aggressive. And those two join uh, Maurice Odom, who, as a sophomore, all he did was average 27 points per game last year. But he so, was great uh, last year. He was good. So, I mean, he w- he had to do a lot of just about everything for you to say last year. This year he's got a lot more help around him. And that's as dangerous of a big three as you can get. And the other team that comes to mind is a – as probably the biggest threat to knock off St. Peter's and contend for a league title would be North Bergen, a team who, well, you guys saw, uh, gave Peter's a lot of trouble during the regular season. They took him to overtime in the regular season, made it to the county semis. Uh, they returned all four of their starting guards from last year, highlighted by uh, De'Avion Ellis, a really skilled, quick, Two slasher who's uh, committed to go to Bloomfield College. He's one of the best guards in the county, and surrounding him 
are just some really, really good shooters. Eli Camacho, Esteban Dotel, Jaden Williams. They have shoot, they, there's more shooters off the bench. It's a team that doesn't have size. In a lot of ways, they're basically a four or five guard offense. But when those shooters are on, they can take out any team in North Jersey. And, and like you said, they, they took the Marauders on two games last year that were both very, very, very close, you know, North Bergen, they were, they were hitting their shots, like you were saying. So I, I think those, those three teams that you mentioned, I think those are my three teams to watch as well. I think those top, those four, Marauders, North Bergen, Hudson Catholic, Union City, those four are going to be the four that are going to be at the end of the year in the Hudson County semifinals. Don't you agree? Uh, there, there's a good chance. There's other teams that on the right night, they can make noise. I don't, I don't know if they, these, some of these other teams have the depth or the consistency to win an entire tournament. But on any given night, Lincoln is a team that's won 20 games three years in a row. They got one of, they got arguably the county's best forward in, uh, Toriano Munford. He's 6'4", 6'5", also a football player, uh, can hit, has a good mid-range shot. So he's a guy who can do a little bit of everything. He's a real mismatch problem. Uh, Memorial is a team that won 16 games last year. They have a couple really talented wings in Alejandro Arango and uh, Miguel Carambat. Plus, they have a 6'4", 270-pound center in Aaron Swan, who that that's a matchup nightmare. You've seen it sometimes with some of these big football players when they're strong and in the paint. Mm-hmm. Good luck guarding them. Right. Uh, and, and another team to watch, not too much is known about them right now. And that would be Bayonne. They're very sophomore heavy. So this might be a team that's a year or two away, but they have Ben Gamble now as a coach after a successful stint at Marist and a long time St. Anthony assistant coach. So even though we might not be too familiar with the names right now, we know they're well coached. We know they're going to defend. And that's a team that's going to get better as the season goes along. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting year in Hudson County for sure. You know, well, we had some cancellations, but hopefully we get through the season and, and hopefully we get to the Hudson County Tournament to get to see who will win the big one again this year. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the unique things, and I guess you could say a benefit of it being a small county, unlike some of these other ones like Bergen or Essex or uh, the Shore, Hudson pretty much is going to have a tournament just about like they would normally. It's not quite the same. Some of the smaller schools that are not in the HBIL, like the Caucus and Harrison and Weehawken, they're not in the tournament. But with the league tournament, that's just about the entire county. And they'll be assuming the schedule goes as pre-planned and hoped, they'll be able to crown a league champion. And you can essentially call it a county champion, which is something that most counties, I don't think any other county is really going to be able to do this. All right. All right, so, so let's, let's hope, let's pray that we get through the whole season. All right. Thank you so much for, for spending part of your day with us on the podcast. That was Jason Bernstein, everybody. Jason, thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jason, for that awesome interview. It was really, really great talking with you. Again, make sure you follow him at jbernsteinhs on Twitter for all 
of your Hudson County News with the Jersey Journal film, Jason Bernstein. Now, again, this next guy is a special, special, special guest because not only is he a Hudson County media icon, but he's also a prep grad as well. Let's bring in Jim Haig to the studios. I am with the one, the only, Jim Haig, class of 79, sports columnist for the Hudson Reporter and the Observer. But if you haven't read any of his articles, he's better known to the PA announcer every Friday night, Caden Point, for all your prep football games. Jim, how's it going today? Renato, thank you very much for that intro. Too bad I can't carry you around with me everywhere I go. I can just pull you out of my pocket and just say, hey, look, <laughs> listen to what Renato has to say. So thank you very much. That's a nice compliment, nice way to start. <laughs> thank you, Jim. I really appreciate that. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about yourself. So I've gotten to know you because of all the work that you do in relation to prep athletics, all the articles you've written about prep. But for the folks listening out there who haven't heard of you before, what type of sports do you mainly cover? Oh, I cover anything as long as it, it you know, as long as it has a ball. And don't <laughs> tell that to Ken Such because I, I also cover, uh, I cover <laughs> hockey too as well. But I, you know, I, in my career, I've, I've covered everything and anything. I guess going back to one, one time I did, I covered lawnmower racing. So no. Yeah. Lawnmower uh, racing? Deli record, lawnmower racing, yes. And I also, the, I guess the, the highlight was is that, yes, they sent an Irish Catholic boy from, from Jersey City to cover the Maccabee Games, which is the Jewish version of the Olympics, out at the Meadowlands. So, yes, I, uh, uh, so I guess that's the best way you could sum up my career is that I, being willing to cover anything and everything. But I've covered, you know, the, the World Series, the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, the NHL Finals, uh, golf tournaments. Tennis tournaments, you name it, I have covered it. So you know, it's been a it's been a great ride for the last thirty eight years. But uh, you know, it's uh, you know now I've been, been I think I'm uh, subjected to just strictly covering Hudson County sports, which is fine. Oh well, well Bergen, a little bit of Bergen and Essex too with the Observer, but it, it's fine now. I you know I could tone tone things down a little bit, and I don't have to run around with a chicken like I had a, a chicken with a head cut off, which I used to have to do all the time. So. <laughs> So, out of all the games, right, so you, you say you've, you've been working for 38 years, you've been doing this nonstop, out of all the games you've covered in your career, I know it's going to be tough to answer, but which one of those games has been your favorite to cover? Wow. All right, well, let's let's see. The event probably that stands out in my mind, especially when it, when it comes to St. Peter's Prep, has to be the 1989 state championship game uh, against against St. Joseph Montville, which was not only just, it was, it was the first one of the five St. Peter's Prep State Championship games, but uh, it was very, very memorable to me because I said to myself, is this really, the whole time as I was standing on the sidelines and going back and forth and charting the play, I'm saying, is this really going to happen? And then sure enough, they were losing 21 nothing as early as possible. They were staring at going down 28 nothing. The guy by the name of Greg Telemach, who ended up having a great career at, uh, at University of Pittsburgh, was going in for the touchdown that uh, was going to make it 28 nothing. And at the one-inch line, uh, Brian McMullen ripped it out of his arms and, 
and before he can get into the end zone and cause the fumble and uh, prep recovered at the, like the, I'm going to say the one inch line. I can't believe the Telemark wasn't in the end zone. And then Tony Guma led the led the led the Marauders on a 99 yard drive that will live on in history. They completed I think fourth down three times on that drive, and uh, they scored the touchdown to make it 21-7. And then in the last Final minute of the game, they scored the touchdown that, that put that drew them to within 21-20. And instead of kicking the extra point, Coach Hanson elected to go for two. Sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> and they went for and they went for two. And Paul Mulcahy, whose son is now a star on uh, on the Rutgers University basketball team, Paul Mulcahy threw a little bit of an option pass that nobody could have saw was going to happen. And went in for the two-point conversion, and they and uh, prep won the game 22-21. And it was the only time ever, Renato, that I I lost my journalistic morals uh, <laughs> because all the all the all the prep students were coming running down the hill, and they were going to run onto the field, and I screamed at the top of my lungs, "Shoot the because I was afraid they were going to take down the two-point conversion, you know, excessive celebration, and would, and then they were going to have to do it all over again. So I was going nuts, like, like tackling kids and telling them to get back up, you know, get, get back off the field. And there I am, a sports writer, supposed to have, you know, no say in the matter, but here it is, it's my alma mater going to, on the verge of winning the state championship. I had to lose my mind a little bit, so I was like tackling people and telling them to get off the field. But <laughs> luckily, we didn't get penalized, and we won the game 22-21. And as they, the rest, they say, is history. And it set a little bit of a tone for Coach Hanson having enough guts to go for it on fourth oh, yeah. down or, or going for two instead of going for one. He's had that history. He's done that in his career. And uh, so that's probably the, the, the event that sticks out in my mind. Uh, more than any other. And going back to the the 2019 championship, I I, w- I was going just as nuts. I was I was with the uh, the coaches in the press box, and <laughs> we were all going crazy. And I'm like, wait a minute, I still got to report. Game's not over yet. <laughs> right. I gotta I gotta settle in. I gotta relax. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was down on the field freezing my bejesus off, but I was I was down there for the one purpose, and the one purpose alone was to be able to make sure that I got a picture of everybody all together on the field with the state championship trophy, which was, uh, you know, that's always always the great thing to have. So I was down, I made sure that I was down there. And I'm proud to say that all five of the state championship games I was there for. So that's, you know, that's a, that's a good good thing to say. I, I mean, I, I don't know how many prep football games I was at in my career, but at all five state championship games, I was there to be able to cover and take the picture of uh, Coach Hanson getting the state championship trophy. So it's pretty pretty memorable day. So watching so many prep football games in your historic career, been watching so many prep athletic events. Who? There's gonna be a little controversial question, maybe, but who has been your favorite prep athlete to cover? Oh wow, great question! I never thought of it before, but I'm gonna say I have two. One is Billy Fitzgerald, who is now the head football coach at Seton Hall Prep. I always look forward to seeing him play, considering the fact that he had no offensive line to block for him. And every time he took a stop, he was running for his dear life. And I used to say, boy, oh, boy, this guy's got cojones like nobody else's business. So he, you know, 
So uh, he stands out in my mind, and he's and it's been a, a, a you know a friendship with Billy for going back to when he was a playing deck. And then my other favorite, who always had a great story to tell, and I always loved writing about him, and he was a, he's also a prep legend, and that was Pedro Serino, who was on the 94 team. That is still, in my mind, the best team that prep ever had. You know, Hanson may think otherwise, but I don't think anybody can touch the 94 team. And he was one of the three running backs on that team. Imagine that imagine teams had one running back. He had, they had three that were equally talented. And Serino was somebody who I followed through his Pop Warner football days playing for the Jersey City Jets in the, in the uh, PAL. And then uh, when he went into when he as a matter of fact he used to talk to me at those at those games and then he say to me guess what Mister Hague I'm going to go to prep I said yeah you can't go to prep Pedro we already talked about well he ended up being not only going to prep but he was one of the greatest uh, greatest athletes the school ever had and he was a joy to be around so I think those are those are the two that were my favorites that stood out and I look forward to seeing them play every time they did right and I think for for me it would have to be I know again. The more recent, so some of those people at home, Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously, he, he was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. He was absolutely great, great in the classroom. Him, him and Brandon were just an absolute machine in that 2014 year. They were just that's incredible. correct. You can't, you can't say one without the other. Although, although we can't forget at all about Corey Cattle, who was also oh, yeah. a very, very, very important part of that team. But you can't say. You can't, when you think about prep football in that 2014 season, you can't say Brandon Fitzpatrick, uh, Brandon, bleh, Brandon Wimbush without Minka Fitzpatrick. I just called him Brandon Fitzpatrick. Which would not have been a bad Irish name if you put the two of them together, but. <laughs> it wouldn't be. Quite honestly, you can't say one without the other because the two of them were just, you know, they were both equally brilliant and part of the reason why they won the state championship in 2014. So. And they avenged right. the loss that they had. In 2013, they lost the 2013 in the state finals, and and if you remember, Brandon got hurt in that game and right. couldn't finish, and they basically were playing the wildcat offense yep. with Jonathan Hillman taking direct snaps from center because they had nobody else to play quarterback. But the backup quarterback uh, was also hurt too, so they, so they had, that was a, a tough game for them to play in 2013. But then 2014, they came back and they they avenged the loss and beat the same team. That beat them the year before in Paramus Catholic. So. Right, so that, that that was great revenge for Prep Hats this year. That was a good rivalry too. Them and Paramus Catholic for the last those last couple of years from like 20, 2013, 2015, That was a very good little little little, little rivalry there. That was a big time rivalry then. Back back when Paramus Catholic used to be able to draw and used to get kids from all over the all over the area and they had they put together some some football team Paramus Catholic then and it was a good rivalry between with uh, between Prep and Paramus Catholic almost like uh I think the I think the rivalry between Don Bosco and, and St. Peter's is a little bit more heated and especially too because Don Bosco unfortunately got more of uh, got the better of us in right. many, many of those times I think we only I, want I, 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 I even want to talk about that Jim I'm because that, that was when I was up prep was when Bosco always killed us. I really don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it happened. It was real, you know. But but twenty six uh was two thousand and five. Prep did win. You know they beat them finally in the in the state final. Yeah. And Andrew Booth sealed the deal with uh, an interception return uh, for about sixty five seventy yards. That and then he he tumbles it into the end zone. 
um, that gave Prep the win. I think 22-15, I think, was the final that game. Yeah. That was, that was a great game, too, as well. Lastly, right, we, we, we just started the basketball season this week. What are uh, your thoughts on the fifth-ranked St. Peter's Prep Marauders? Yeah, I uh, I think that they have the best backcourt in the state, and that's and that's saying a lot because Union City has now assembled themselves uh, an awesome backcourt. But I think it's very hard to to, to go against a backcourt with Rayshon Ford and Mark Armstrong. The two of them together are a dynamic duo, and it's very hard to you know to go against them. I think that. Uh, O'Farrell, the big guy in the middle, is going to be. He gets lost in a shuffle a little bit, but he's a very, very good player, and especially he's going to be good for his eight to ten points and eight to ten rebounds per game. He's a big key, and it, and there's a lot of depth on this prep team. There's a lot, a lot of players that that are going to get in, and not people might not know a lot about them, but they're going to be contrib- you know co- co- contributing uh, big time before the uh, the season's over. So this is a very, very good team. And it's a shame that there is no such a thing as a state tournament this year because who knows what they could have been able to do in the state playoffs. I really think that they could have – they definitely could have won a parochial A. But, you know, I think they'll have to settle for the Hudson County tournament, which that in itself will be a little bit of a battle considering Hudson Catholic and especially the all-star team that Union City has assembled right now. Um, So they're in for a battle, but I think it's going to be – very interesting, and of course, Prep has, you know, they're the defending champions, and, you know, they stay there until somebody can knock them off the hill, and it's, I think it's going to take a lot for them to get knocked off the hill this year. Thank you, Jim, for, for coming on this week to the State of Marauders podcast. We appreciate everything that you do for the Marauders out there, so thank you so much, Jim, for coming on this week. No problem, Renato. Anytime you want me to c- come back on again, feel free to give me a call. I'll be glad to, you know me, I'd be glad to talk about anything and everything, but especially if it's talking about pride and glory and remember we're always we're always meant for others remember that right always meant for others amen to that jim amen to that so thank you jim that was a very very great interview i really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to the podcast this week and check his social media account at osgmar on twitter all right he he has so much coverage of of hudson county and prep athletics like and he could tell you a novel of stories as as you could tell from the interview. So make sure follow them both on Twitter for all of your exclusive Hudson County and Prep Athletic coverage throughout the year. So guys, we got a lot to talk about in Prep Athletics this week. There was a lot of postponements, a lot of rescheduling of games this week. So let's talk about some changes that occurred. We had Boeing. Boeing had their first game. They, nothing really changed there. They defeated Carney 7 nothing. So let's go clap it up for Boeing. Let's go. Go. We're going to have an exclusive interview with the whole coaching staff, Coach Schlitzer, Coach Menefro, Coach Reese. So, so stay tuned for that. But in this matchup, great effort by the whole team. But especially give a quick shout-out to Jack Rudolph. And Blaze Edwards, Jack led the team with an average of 192 points, while Blaze had a great first round of 210 and an average of 182. Phenomenal job. Great job going 1-0, start off the season. Let's go. And Coach Schlitzer talked to us after the game, and she told us, great job by the guys out there. Bayonne is going to be our toughest competition for sure this year. 
And unfortunately, for us, that's our last game of the season. So we're, we're just going to go to the season. Hopefully, we get all the games in. And hopefully, they can hold the Hudson County Trophy at the end of the year. Praying, pray that happens. So keep an eye out for bowling. I, I, I think that they're, they're going to be a good team this year. I, I, I'm getting some, some, some good vibes. What do you guys think? Are you getting some good vibes out there? Yeah, de- it definitely strikes me that they are uh, going to have a decent year this year. Probably a pretty strong year. Uh, I had knew a couple of people on the bowling team from my time at St. Peter's, and I think Blaze was uh, – I don't know what – he was still an underclassman when he's there, and uh, some of my friends spoke very highly of him and his potential going forward for this team. So I'm glad to see him – uh, growing into his own, and uh, I wish Miss Schlitzer the best of luck this season. Miss Schlitzer know I, knows I have a lot of love for her. She's my apes teacher, so she's uh, she's the best. I enjoyed her class, so uh, I wish her a lot of luck in this season. Yeah, uh, the vibes are very good, from my opinion. You know, good friends with Jack Rudolph. He seems to be, uh, you know, having continuing a strong prep career. Um, I believe he's one of the captains of the team, helping to lead them forward. You know, prep bowling's usually, you know, Kind of a big fish in a small pond in Hudson and Co- Hudson County, Bayonne being the other big fish. So really, that's the matchup. You got a you know circle in red on the calendar if you want to win the county. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that turns out and how the season plays out until that matchup. Right, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens this year. So we'll keep an eyes out for the bowling team. So great job going one and no start the season there. So the ice hockey team was supposed to play Del Barton, but. That game got postponed. They had COVID cases up in, in Del Barton. So that game got postponed until February 11th. So they decided to push up their matchup against Northern Highlands to this past Wednesday. And unfortunately, another tough defeat for this Marauder hockey team. They will lose one to nothing. Again, though, great job by the senior goaltenders. Jimmy Gallagher stopped 26 out of 27 shots, 96%. Save percentage, so very good there by Jimmy. Awesome job there. But the key note of this game was that Daniel Moore of Northern Highlands, who was a freshman making his debut, got the 28 save shutout performance. Oh, guys, what what, what we got to say about ice hockey? What are we going to say? It's really a gut punch for them. Uh, you have to think that they are pretty disappointed with this result. Uh, this is one of the games on the schedule that they had to have thought that they were the favorites in. And in the end, they just come up short. They finally get a really strong defensive performance all around. They don't give up too many shots. They don't give up too many chances. But on the front end, still, it's been tricky for them, especially short. Still, a few of their big offensive pieces going into this season. But really, it is a, it is a heartbreaker for them to have... Lost another game, especially in the way that they did. So, I mean, moving forward, you just kind of have to put this stuff in the back of your mind because, I mean, there's little else you can do. You just got to take it a game at a time as they have. And at some point, they just got to hope that the brakes start falling for Yeah, I mean, it's like you at some point you have to know, you know, as we've said before on the podcast, it's going to be a difficult year. You know, you're a team that is, you know, coming off, you know, still reeling from the loss two years ago of a lot of seniors that really made you a very competitive team in a division that consistently has teams that reloads and you are not at the reloading stage just yet. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of defeats, realistically speaking. It's just a matter of, you know, trying to keep them close, you know, three, nothing St. Joe's been touching, you know, it's no one wants to lose three, nothing, but in the context of other games they've had this season, you know, that's a good result for them. You know, they kept it close. They didn't, you know, they didn't roll over which uh, I think is good. 
got to, you know, give credit to the goalies, of course, uh, you know, for keeping these games as they are because statistically they are doing a good job back there. So I think you just got to, you know, give credit where credit's due and just look, keep on looking to the next game, keep on looking ahead. There are some winnable games in the schedule. You know, Pope John pops out, Oratory Prep pops out. But, you know, if you're losing to Norman Highlands, you got to start, you know, at some point reconsidering how winnable those games even are. And I, as, Jay, as Jay mentioned, they played Friday against St. Joe's Metuchen, right? More of the same happened, 3 nothing loss. Again, the lone bright spot of that one was Aaron Rodriguez. 25 out of 28 saves for him. 89% save percentage. The Memorial Power Play still 0 for a billion. I mean, I, 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 there's really nothing else to talk about with that. Marauders, two tough losses there. And... The good news for Marauder hockey fans out there is that Corey Robinson is back in the lineup, so that's good news for them. Jack Fisher could be back next week, but Nick Centrone's still out long-term, so I know the effects of that. And then Coach Ken Stutch talked to us after both defeats, and he he appreciates all the improvement they had in the defensive zone play. They passed up many opportunities, although in the attacking zone, they opted to make one more pass than normal. They they wanted to get some some good looks on the net. They wanted to get some screens out of front, get some deflections. But too many times the goalie had a clear view of the puck. And in practice, they they practiced trying to get those deflections, trying to get those screen plays in. But and these two games was to no avail. So as Jay mentioned, we'll, we'll talk about the schedule later for hockey. But they do have some winnable games in the near future for sure. Last but not least, though, we, we got some very positive news. The basketball team, two impressive victories against Hackensack, which the final score there was 68-50, and Schneider, 69-22. to Two great victories there in the first game against Hackensack. Ray Ford, 19 points. Hassan Jackson, 17 points. The senior leadership there, as I mentioned in my pregame reports, were lethal. They, they, they were great, those two guys. Also, Kenny Soares, he dominated the boards. He had 10 rebounds as well, so that was a great effort by those three there. And then the Schneider game, Mark Armstrong, a big 21 points, including 12 in the third quarter. And in that 12 point, he got 1,000 points in his career. Let's clap it up, everybody. 1,000 for Mark Armstrong. Yes. He is the 12th guy in prep history to do so, and a great accomplishment. For him. So, guys, what do you think about these two impressive victories to start off the season for prep basketball? Well, it's very difficult now not to get really excited about this team, the way that they're playing right now. I mean, I think there are still some things they need to improve, but I think they will fall into place because right now they've got probably the best team I've seen including last year's team, come through these doors in my time. Uh, they've got really a team that I think the most dangerous part about them, I guess more so on the back end, is they have a lot of guys that can guard one through five. Uh, they have Hassan Jackson, Kenny Soares, Gavin O'Farrell. I think even Mark Armstrong and Ray Ford to a degree can hold their own in that arena. They have so many guys that can come up and guard everybody. I mean, I was impressed by the performance of Gavin O'Farrell in both these games, especially on the back end. I was really impressed with uh, Hassan Jackson in the Hackensack game. 
that he uh, went a perfect seven for seven from the field. Yeah. I mean, I think as a team, they still have to figure out how to shoot more consistently because I feel like there's a lot of shooters that haven't found their stroke yet. There's lacking some consistency and some of them just haven't gotten off the ground yet. But if they keep playing defense like this, I mean, they forced 14 steals against Snyder, held them to 27% from the field, 14% from three, held Hackensack to 38% from the field. Like, I don't know how you contend with a team that can play defense like this because it seems like they can fit any defensive scheme. They can make defensive adjustments on the fly very easily to really change the outcome of the game. They're incredible on the back end, and I think that's going to be what carries them forward along with, obviously, Mark Armstrong and Ray Ford, uh, who are just two offensive powerhouses for this team that seem to be very reliable. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the assessment that it's, it's difficult not to be very, very optimistic about the way this team looks. Like Chris mentioned, the depth is a big piece for this team that I think you really it really sets them apart as an improvement from prior teams. Uh, obviously, you lost Will White, you lost um, Josh Hobson, uh, you lost Mike Farrell, uh, among other people, um, last year. But uh, you look at the crop of players that have emerged on varsity, both from, like, for example, Kenny Soares, who transferred in, uh, or Jackson Tindall, who just kind of emerged as a varsity player. It's hard not to uh, really think that they haven't just replaced them like for like, and but they've also added new dynamicism to this team. They've added, you know, more versatility in the way the team plays. You know, Kenny Soares is nominally a big man, but there are plays in that game where he makes plays up on uh, up near the three-point line, stealing the ball away. Same for Gavin O'Farrell. And the team has a certain flexibility about it on both offense and, and offense and defense that is a real asset. If you want to go toe-for-toe toe with some of the best teams in the state, meaning they can change as the game goes, they can adjust, they can play um, – many different ways they can beat you in a lot of different ways. It's not even discussing the fact that, you know, you got a lot of players who are, you know, in both returning Mark Armstrong, Ray Ford, obviously being the main two. And then also, you know, the emerging Elif Bass, who's really stepped up this season and other players who have really started to come in and put some points on the board uh, in big numbers. So I think those are, you know, all the requisites of a team that's going to be dangerous and compete for the top level. And you got to say, looking at these first two games, it's, it's a lot of optimism, I think, for the rest of the season. And Coach Melbell talked to us after both victories, and he mentioned to me that he wants to see his team develop a consistent rotation. Like we've been talking about on the podcast, the 10-man rotation, he wants to keep that going throughout the year, and he wants to build that chemistry with his team as well. He believes that chemistry is the most important part of the team, and I think if he continues to trust in all of his guys, this team is going to be very, very lethal down the stretch for sure. So... We got some very exciting matchups this week. Basketball has three games that's going to be the whole week this week. So basketball takes on Carney Tuesday at 7 p.m. The stream will be on YouTube for that since it will be a home game. And coverage on that will be on Max Preps from, from yours truly, of course. So make sure you tune into both, both coverages. The pregame report that I do will be out at 6.30 this week on social media. So make sure you, you follow the Twitter account at SPP Athletics and my Twitter account at SPP. they also going to go to Marlboro on Thursday. And then the big matchup against current number seven, Montclair Immaculate, on Saturday at 3.30 at the barn. That's going to be a very exciting game. I'm lo- looking forward to that game. 
Yeah, uh, I would agree with you. And I think this week is going to be a real test for uh, the Marauders because, I mean, the two teams they played this week, they were coming off very strong seasons, but they lost, both teams lost two of their top three scorers, including their top scorer. This Marlboro team, uh, who last season went 23-7, and uh, are returning uh, their second high scorer. Most of their top scorers are coming back for another year. Uh, so they're going to be a tough test, one of the top teams in the Shore Conference. And obviously, Montclair Immaculate, they speak for themselves, number seven in the state and traditionally up in that range. They have to execute, especially at the three-point line and at the charity stripe. They just got to make sure they can do those things well. And I'm sure they'll be carried through to a victory if they do so. It's a big matchup for sure. I mean, you look at the, obviously just from a ranking perspective, you know, these are two teams that are the top, uh, top of the top in the state, you know, two teams that are dangerous, two teams that are um, threats to uh, be considered the best by the end of the year. So not just for um, ranking perspective, but also just kind of to gauge how the team stacks up to teams outside of Hudson County. You're not going to get many games outside of your conference this year because of the pandemic. So a real good chance, I think, for St. Peter's or Montclair to show um, they are up to par against teams that are outside their region, that they are the benchmark, for example, uh, the benchmark in the state, not just their county. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do this week. So make sure you tune in to Max Preps, tune in to YouTube for the home games, for all of your live coverage. We're trying to get the game for Marlboro on D1 Media Pro. So we'll keep updated on that on my social media. So that's, again, at R Rodriguez SPP. One game that will be confirmed on D1 Media Pro will be the ice hockey matchup against Bergen Catholic, 815th from Sea Caucus. And then they play Friday against Pope John at 8. So hopefully both of those games will be on D1 Media Pro. Kevin Connolly has done a great job with live streaming those games. So make sure you give him a follow on Twitter as well. Fencing takes on McNair on Tuesday at 4.30. Open up their season. And then Bowling has two matches against Hudson Catholic on Thursday, Lincoln on Friday. So a lot of action this week, ladies and gentlemen, for your Marauders. So make sure you tune in and all the platforms are available. And sit back and watch your Marauders hopefully kick butt out there. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in this week. And be sure you spread the word of the State of the Marauders podcast. We're up on Spotify. We're up on Anchor. All right, that link will always be on, on our social media profile at SOT Marauders. So stay tuned for all of the latest updates with your Marauders. See you all next week, everybody. And as always, let's go prep. Hey, this is basketball head coach Alex Maravell. And you are listening to the State of Marauders podcast sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state of New Jersey for high school sports. <laughs>